Okay, welcome to episode seven of the Natural Wisdom Podcast, and I am Christine Backus. Today is February 17th, 2022, and again, Belinda Noakes is joining me, and we are talking about all sorts of wild stuff um, and going to do some live online you know, work um, on clearing some fear imprints and welcoming in some big new cool stuff. Um, so thanks, Belinda, for being here. Thanks for having me again, Christine. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I can feel uh, we just had the full moon two days ago. Well, no, just a day ago it was yesterday. And it triggered eclipse energy. And so I can feel a little bit of that mania and the, a little bit of that Uranian sort of like buzzy, ungrounded. So um, actually, let's just start with like a 30 second grounding exercise. Mm -hmm. So if you're, as you're listening, um, you can close your eyes or not. Obviously, if you're driving or doing something, you might not want to, but at least just feel your, the bottoms of your feet. And if you're sitting down, uh, feel your seat bones against whatever you're sitting on and bring your attention into your body. This is the easiest and quickest way to get grounded is to get in touch with your physical sensations. And then bring your attention to your breath. Again, whatever you're doing, you can bring at least part of your attention to your breathing. Just notice it for a moment without changing it. And then just start to let yourself breathe a little bit more deeply. Maybe even invite the breath down all the way into the belly so that you're filling the lower lobes of the lungs, which is where most of the, most of the cool stuff happens and definitely where the nervous system gets relaxed. Just take a couple nice more, nice long deep breaths through the nose. Maybe just a hand on some part of your body and, and rub the skin a little bit or the clothing and just feel again, feel the physical sensations. And then we'll get started. Yay, that's better. Um, okay, so I wanted to start with my usual logistical stuff that uh, I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Um, that's one of the best ways to support the podcast is listen. And of course, you can share it with other people, friends. Um, it is one of my goals this year to grow the podcast uh, substantially. We have maybe 100 to 200 people at a time listening to this at the most. And I'd like to grow that to about a thousand this year or more. So your help in sharing it and listening to it is appreciated. And then if you want to financially support the podcast, as this is part of my, this is part of one of my main focuses for the year in terms of income and what I do, uh, you could do that on Patreon or right there on Anchor FM. So that's the end of the commercial and we'll get started now with kind of what's, what are we talking about today? Well, I want to talk about, um, I'm going to talk about some big uh, astrological cycles, and then we're going to sort of progressively neck down. And then Belinda and I will just talk about what kind of what we're seeing in terms of our work and themes and what's up for people. Um, but in terms of big cycles, I did a class a couple of years ago, it's still on my website. If you get interested, it's called Beyond 2020. And it was about the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in at the solstice, uh, the winter solstice of 2020, as well as some of the other big planetary cycles that we're living through. And of course, we all know we're living through an epic time on the planet in every part of the world and the planets reflect that. Whether you think they cause it or not, doesn't really matter. We do know that there's a correlation. Um, and these, you know, most of us have heard about the transition into the age of Aquarius and that's a much larger cycle, like a 26,000 year cycle. 
But this Jupiter-Saturn cycle starts a new 20-year cycle, a new 200-year cycle, a new 800-year cycle, as well as a 2400-year cycle. So it's a big, it's one of the timekeepers uh, of astrology. And in my class and in my research, um, there's a couple of big sort of trends that we might notice. One is that, um, well, in the 800 year cycle, we did have, uh, another, we had another part of the conjunction. We had Jupiter and Saturn, but also a third planet, Jupiter involved. And it was the first time that those three planets had come together in the sign of Capricorn since the year 1284. And it was shortly after that, that the plague began. Not the timing doesn't align exactly, but that's one of kind of the big cycles that we might take a look at and see some overlap with. And then uh, the other thing that happened the <clears throat> in that time frame is that we, um, we saw the beginning of things like the Inquisition. The Inquisition started in the like early 1200s and then kept going for several hundred years. Um, and we're gonna talk about this, but we can see some of the echoes of that mentality, if you will, right now. That there's a, a correct ideology that the um, sort of the mainstream power structures are trying to keep in place. And then there's a whole lot of other uh, ideologies kind of competing for attention, if you will. And in our current world, we call it misinformation. Um, and I have a whole lot of thoughts on that. But I'm, in general, I, I would say I equate misinformation with heresy. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. heresy just meaning, um, I mean, the actual definition of heresy is thinking differently than what's uh, ideologically correct if you go look up the definition. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the first, and I know you and I have talked about that uh, ad nauseum, but that's one of the first big um, themes, I guess, that I would lead out with here. Yeah, such interesting times. Big <laughs> <laughs> can of worms. I mean, it's hard to know, you know, it's, it's tempting because if I, okay, if I look at the world that we're in right now, at least in the West, um, so-called, you know, developed democracies like Australia and the US, <laughs> um, I mean, I said it to you just before, you know, the the... The plague creates fear and then the fear creates the inquisition. But it could just as easily be the other way around, actually. Or, or they feed they, on each other. Yeah, they could, the inquisition could come first. It could start first and that could actually make everybody sick. <laughs> well, um, I was just going to say that's one of the, I think I just mentioned that too, is that that's one of the... Um, out of both Ayurvedic scripture and then ancient medical astrology texts, you read that plagues come in times of tyranny, which yeah. I find interesting. And, and it just, again, is, it means we're in a world out of balance and certainly we're in a world where power is out of balance and it has these implications at many levels. Yeah. So I'm just going to run, I'm just going to run a speculation just for a moment, yeah? Um, we know, you and I both know, and most of the people listening to this will already know, that um, disease happens in the body when there is, most commonly when there is a lack of congruence between the typically between the body and the mind yeah so when there's some kind of inner conflict um 
that's a that is a uh, an environment that is ripe for some kind of disease to develop. Mm -hmm. um, and isn't it interesting that the more polarized our culture becomes, the more the more extreme the kind of the positions become, um, the more people tend to get caught in between one or more positions because not everybody is immediately willing to go right to the extreme. And so you get more and more people over time caught in this kind of weird space in between the, the polar extremes of positions and getting kind of pulled at. And even I would argue that even the people who are in the extremes get pulled at in different ways because they're at an extreme position and there's all this evidence to the contrary that they have to keep ignoring um, or dismissing or discounting or whatever. And by the way, I'm not, hmm, I see the extremes just as much in the what people might call, I mean, depending on where you're coming from, people might call it the truth movement or um, if you're a fan of the mainstream media, you, you know, you might call, you might just kind of have a label about anti-vaxxers, for example, that just is a shorthand for a whole bunch of people. <laughs> um, but I see that I see the extremes just as much, you know, on the side of people who are seeking to question the corporate media narrative as I do on the side of, you know, where the people sit who are uh, fans of the corporate media narrative and seeking to support it and um, prolong it. Um, and I don't, I'm not a fan of extremism ever, actually. It's just, I think, you know, I find it profoundly unhelpful <laughs> for a number of reasons. But it's just occurring to me now that one of the reasons why it's so unhelpful that I haven't articulated even in my own mind, like for my own story before, is that it, the more polarised and the more extremes people, people's positions become, the more people are living without that inner congruency that facilitates good physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Yes, I love that. I love that because what you're talking about is, it's like an, an amplification of the inherent imbalance we're living in. And it's yeah. almost impossible to find a balance point because we're still in that back and forth between these extreme views and the vilification of each other, right? The anti-vax vilification of the people who are pro, you know, and, and pro-Western medicine and that medical model and vice versa. And um, it's become very, very hard to hold the center. Well, yeah, <laughs> particularly because if you're in the center, you get vilified from both directions, from yeah. all directions. <laughs> there's definitely some of that too. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, there was one other thing that you were saying that, you know, that disconnect between body and mind, again, from the Ayurvedic tradition, the word for health is fasta, and it means seated in oneself. And it means essentially being in internal integrity, right? Between your soul, mind, emotions, body, <clears throat> all never in perfect alignment, right? That's what we are all working towards if we're in this, you know, the spiritual path and the path of, nat of what we've been working on. Um, but it's always sort of striving to that. And, uh, and that's, I think that's part of what's happening right now is people are finding their own ways of kind of waking up. And, um, and that's the other thing, maybe this is an aside, but there are so many definitions of awakening right now too. It's very fascinating. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I have uh, the, 
Joel Young, who taught me the non-personal awareness work, likes to say, it's all stories, so pick a good one. Yeah. And and I I like it's a it's a good soundbite because because I because if you look at what's going on through the lens of that perspective, part of it is that we all got really well trained, most of us got really well trained to live with a bunch of stories that weren't working for us for whatever reason. Right. And, and, you know, part of the problem with the polarisation is that I have something that I believe is true and you have something that you believe is true and those things don't meet, they're different, so we're at war, right? And I think it's generally far more helpful to just say, okay, well, I have this story about it and in what ways is that story working for me and in what ways is it not? And it requires a real level of honesty about what working for me means. Right. <laughs> um, right. Does it make me feel good because I like feeling superior or does it actually bring me a sense of ease and calm and <laughs> And, you know, the balance that you're talking about, you know, I was calling it congruence, right? Like, does it, does it, does it create more friction within my system or does it take friction away? Yeah. Because, because you know, what I'm fairly clear about now is that I can't take care of the external friction perfectly always but I absolutely can be responsible for, be alert to and be honest about the internal friction that I'm living with. And, yes. Yeah. And, and, and if I find myself in a, if I find myself holding onto a story that is uncomfortable for whatever reasons, then I get there's an invitation to look at that. Yeah, and it makes me think about something um, that came up as as I was looking at the full moon chart and thinking about that is that it, we we just had a, le- a full moon yesterday in the sign of Leo, the tropical sign of Leo, and Leo rules the heart, and the sun is in Aquarius, and a lot of the energy right now is in Aquarius and Capricorn, which are ruled by Saturn, which are more. Um, well, it's, it's, it's not the antithesis as an anti-love. It's just a completely different energy. It's a much more um, sort of calculating, much more Aquarius, especially as a much more mental kind of energy and a more detached energy, whereas Leo is very personal. And um, Saturn also gets associated with fear, right? And so part of what I think is going on and what you're referring to with this, um, you know, the friction in a sense and the test that I use often is, am I moving from love or fear? Because fear, of course, is a contracting energy, right? And Saturn's a contracting planet. So it's that, that energy of contraction and love is an expansive energy. It's a, it's an outflowing expansive energy. And I mean, it's, it gets tricky, right? We can argue that, that something that looks like fear could be love and vice versa. But it, for ourselves, if we're making a decision to do something or believe something or say something or uh, kind of hold on to something out of the fear of what would happen if we don't versus yeah. this is how my, my like life force just flows. That's love, right? Love is the life force. Well, yeah, and again, you know, it's we can. It's so easy for you and me both, and for for our entire culture, because it is the kind of the dominant mode of being in the culture to just get completely head heady about everything and try and figure out whether am I coming from fear or am I coming from love. And that's we don't need you don't need to figure it out. You can just be quiet for thirty seconds. You know what you know what contraction feels like in your body and you know what expansion feels like in your body and it's 
<laughs> and that's, uh, that's the key, right? Is the in, in your body, because that's the other thing about our cultures and even this, um, this, you know, back and forth and polarization has pulled us. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's intent, but it's effect is to pull us out of our bodies into our heads. And whenever we get pulled up from that grounded place, then, I mean, even just from a pure physical standpoint, right? If you're not solidly connected to the earth, it's very easy to fall one way or the other, to get pushed one way or the other. And that's part of what we have a we have an epidemic of people not really connected to their bodies and a culture that just pulls us out moment by moment with phones and screens and uh, urgency and speed and all the things that are part of Western culture. Well, and our, our whole, I mean, our whole approach, bar, barring very few countries, our whole approach to the for the last two years has been to pursue what I would describe as technical, technological solutions. Absolutely. You know, and, and not just to ignore, but to actively suppress every possible, every natural remedy and, and support that you can name. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I find it, useful to to hold a sense of the larger context that we're living in when I look at that because you know we are yeah let's just go there we are (laughs) we are in the context of agenda 2030 and a plan for a great reset right this plan that was designed by the world economic forum and the UN um and there's a lot of very fancy language being used, uh, you know, fancy language around poverty, for example, being used to mask the most extraordinary wealth redistribution up, not down, that we have seen in our lifetimes and many lifetimes before. Um, and And we're also, we're living with the rise of um, artificial technical intelligence and the rise of the transhumanist movement. Right, right. Which is, which at its kind of epic peak is actually about no more body needed. Right, right, (laughs) right. And I have to say, you know, for the people that are listening, um, I know we're getting a little bit out there and I want to say that, you know, I started to get there in that class I did in my beyond 2020 class. And I had a little pushback in a couple of my live presentations about it, but I had not looked up transhumanism until I started researching for that class. I'd actually not really even heard about it until I heard another astrologer talk about, you know, this is Aquarius, right? Aquarius is about technology and innovation. And, and as I said, it's kind of got a detached energy and the, um, if you will, the conscious expression of of Aquarian energy is how every unique individual, when they are fully themselves, creates a stronger whole, right? I mean, creates a stronger Mm -hmm. group, but the shadow of Aquarius is group think and technology for technology's sake and that sort of thing. And of course, we've got a couple of other astrological things going on like Uranus and Taurus. Uranus is also the revolutionary and the innovator and it's in the sign of earth and body and agriculture. And we're seeing, you know, fake food and technologically derived food. But what what I was trying to go with that is that it's one of the polarities of the time is technology versus nature and technological control versus, um, well, let me rephrase that, technological control versus technology in co-creation and partnership with nature. And 
um, and I, you know, again, I'm, I, I want this, this forum to feel welcoming to people. I'm not trying to say one is bad or one is good, but there is a conscious expression and an unconscious expression. And as you're talking about, like, by its very nature, what the World Economic Forum and the UN are doing are top-down control kinds of um, efforts. And you get into that control versus power, right? Anytime you try to tell people what to do, even if you're doing it because you think it's good for them, that's that's control. That's not the appropriate use of power and that it takes away um, sort of the complexity and the individuality that is really the underpinning of a strong society, a strong culture. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I worked in the tech industry, right? I am neither a transhumanist nor a Luddite. <laughs> I, I believe that technology can be profoundly useful and helpful. But if yeah, it is. Witness what we're doing, right? And, yep. <laughs> um but, but yes, we're absolutely, of course, seeing the play of both light and shadow Aquarius here. Yes. Right? Yes. And, it, and, and I mean, I know Emily has talked about this, right? Like we, we, are at, we are at a really interesting decision point and we're not all going to choose the same thing. Some of us are going to choose, right? Some of us are going to choose to upload our consciousness to the metaverse and be quite happy doing that, and that's fine. I will declare that I'm Team Earth. I'm I'm staying out of the metaverse. I'm Team Earth too. And if that's not clear from the Natural Wisdom podcast, then yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I mean, just take take something as take something as seemingly simple as a, a, um, a, a watch or a smart band, you know, that monitors vital signs, right? So if you, if you, particularly if you are an older person, say, who has um, high blood pressure and a history of strokes in your family, right, extremely useful to have a little augmentation of your natural wisdom in terms of your own ability to monitor your own body. Okay. Right. Um, okay. Now imagine that you got given the device for free and the deal that you made to get the device for free was that all the data goes into a large uh, database, data warehouse, and um, a company runs a corporation. Uh, like, well, we could say, I mean, Amazon is looking to do this. They're a good example, right? They want to do big data and health, consumer health. Um, so Amazon's got all of this data on not just your vital signs, but a whole lot of other stuff that gets monitored by your device. And what they do is they provide that data to a company that has, to another company and in like a venture fund that has packaged up social impact bonds around population, improving population health and sold those to investors. Okay, so what that means then is that You've gone beyond using your device to just increase your ability to monitor your own vital signs. You've become a commodity in a whole technological system. Right. And it's a very short step from there to a lot of people having a lot of opinions about what you may and may not do because it's going to affect their investment, which you're right. now. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I guess, I mean, I've I, ever since I really got to understand how the the financial system works when I worked in the corporate world, 
it's perverse, right? I mean, it's not that you've got necessarily bad people saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, do anything I can to make a buck. It's also, you know, I'm sure there's some of that, but there's also a whole lot of good people trying to do good things, but they're caught in a system that is fundamentally set up to yeah. expand financially with no, no um, sort of like, uh, you know, even relevance of human, human aspects. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's the way Wall Street works, the way, it's the way investment works, it's the way the accounting system works, and it's all invisible to most of us, even to yeah. the themselves. Yeah, we seem to have incentives set up upside down most of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we don't we don't count the true costs of things. Um, we 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 have a, a shallow understanding of the true impact of different decisions and different actions. Yeah, um, yeah it's um, talk to me a little bit. Remind me of the the unfolding of the, the the beginning of the age of Aquarius, like the big milestones over the next kind of 18 months as well, some of this clicks in more? You know, I, different people are going to say different things about that, right? Astrologers love, and I, this is definitely not my expertise. I mean, I have one astrologer colleague who has an exact date of the change from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. And, you know, that's fine. And then most, I think most astrologers would tell you that, you know, we're in a transition period. Certainly the 2020 conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn was one of the major milestones because it was at zero degrees of Aquarius. Yeah. Um, another one of the big milestones will be when the Pluto with the planet Pluto, which is in the last degrees of Capricorn right now, moves into Aquarius in, uh, I think it's 2024 when it really moves in there. Um, and then right now we've had a fair amount of Aquarian energy. The, the new moon at the beginning of the month was Aquarius, is what was in Aquarius. Um, but those are kind of the big milestones that, you know, that I can think of off the top of my head. And then there's, you know, bits and pieces that, that are happening. Saturn mm -hmm. in Aquarius right now which it is every 30 years for a couple of years, you know, that really heightens that energy because Saturn in, at least traditionally rules the sign of Aquarius. And it has to do with structure and patterns and um, opening doorways and creating new patterns. You know, we're in, we're starting into this creating new patterns kind of thing, yeah. which is why this is such a critical time, right? Any junction between two seasons, whether you're talking about the junction between winter and spring or, you know, sort of spring and summer for the body or these big, you know, junctures for the world as a whole are critical times. And that's why it's so important to be doing what we're doing, right? To pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the other thing I'll say about that too, is that, that uh, conjunction in at zero Aquarius in 2020 was the second conjunction we'd had in an air sign um, for 800 years, right? The first one was in 1980 in Libra. And this is the beginning of this 200 year cycle of conjunctions between those two planets in air, because they really are like master timekeepers. And air, the element of air has to do with, um, well, think about it, things you can't see, right? Um, air and things you can't necessarily even feel. It's social, social movements, it's intellectual uh, thought patterns, um, to some degree, energy patterns. Um, yeah. So that we're in a 200 year cycle. And the last time we started this, the 800 years ago, one of the other major shifts that happened was the inventing of the printing press, for instance, and the, and the written word becoming widespread, which if you think about the effect that the internet's had, that was sort of that, the first, first 
wave of that. And again, it's like I said, we're in an echo of that inquisition energy. We're also in an echo of that information spreading faster than we can really control it energy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all going on right now. <laughs> it's all going on right now. Yeah. And did you have something that you wanted to say about that? Because otherwise I was going to, I had a little direction I was going to go with it. No, you go. Um, because, you know, you and I have talked about, we've talked about this persecution complex. Um, and you know, we've talked a lot about the fear matrix, but one of the things that you're seeing in your world and I'm seeing in my world, in fact, I just saw a post on Instagram yesterday, I think about this from an astrologer, maybe two posts actually from astrologers that were in that echo. When I say the echo of the inquisition energy, what I mean is this whole misinformation thing has a chilling effect on people that are outside of the mainstream. And astrologers, even though it's becoming far more um, popular, it's still outside the mainstream, right? If you go do a search for hashtags on Instagram, um, astrology is, you get the first 16 that pop up are fake news, pseudoscience, you know, not real, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget, right? Because in my world, most people, <laughs> respect it and understand it and see that, you know, there's something to it, even if they don't know how. Um, so what I was going to say about this whole thing about this perse persecution aspect of the fear program is that whether you, even if you believe that there are people in the, just for, you know, for an example, the natural health world who are spreading misinformation about vaccines and natural remedies and all that, even if you believe that, we should still be very, very concerned about labeling something as misinformation, um, as um, sort of like second guessing somebody's motives. And of course we can take this to heart too, in terms of second guessing the Bill Gates of the world's motives as well. Um, because it, it creates this whole atmosphere that makes it much, much harder for, uh, even in this podcast, right? I'm a, I can feel my, um, my, it's sort of the back of my mind. I know tonight I'm going to be lying awake going, oh my God, what was I thinking talking about that stuff on something that I'm going to put out there publicly, right? <sighs> That's part of what we're dealing with. And again, it doesn't matter what you believe or where you're coming from to a large degree. It's that the fact that we're talking about and labeling things as wrong and misinformation, aka heresy, uh, and sort of doing the inquisition, which you could, uh, the cancel culture is the, is the yeah. obvious sort of parallel to the inquisition. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at the Joe Rogan controversy, right? You know, now, now there's a witch hunt for Joe Rogan and I don't know him. I've never listened to his podcast. Um, but the fact that he's become such the central figure tells us that we're getting dragged out and dragged through the mud and dragging people through the mud rather than, um, yeah, not rather than sort of trying to have a conversation and come back into what do we know inside and what do we really know about somebody like that, for instance. Um, so I guess where I was going with that is that you know, as somebody who does this kind of work and works, you know, and with lots of people who do healing work and natural medicine work and the kind of work that you do, it's a difficult time, right? Because all of our old crap that may be left over ancestrally and, you know, mm. past lives, whatever you believe is getting stirred up, which is oh, why yeah. one of your teachers, right, is doing an entire series on this or entire class on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I've, I've done my own work over the last probably 10 years and worked with a lot of clients who presented with broadly, you know, either, either witchy or inquisition kind of stuff. Yeah. And Burning whether, that, whether that was their personal 
past lives or something that they were pulling out of their DNA from ancestors, I don't know, and it doesn't matter. Um, but then there's all kinds of, there are other dimensions to the persecution stuff as well, because there's colonialism and, yes. you know, dispossession yeah. of Indigenous cultures and genocide of Indigenous cultures. And um, there's, and then there's, I mean, just just regular old kind of tribal or family warfare, right? <laughs> like, <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, and which is definitely stirred up right now, intra-family, inter-family. Yes, I, yeah. I mean, the people that are what people are showing up with and looking for for help with when they come to me is, I'm seeing major completion of family dynamics um like you know people who for example i mean people who've who've experienced extreme family dynamics where there was abuse for example and who've been working on that for 20 years or more um actually seems seeming like it seems like they're finally getting to some conclusion point with it Mm -hmm. um and it You know, I, I very much see the reality that we have all co-created together as, in large part, a reflection of our collective internal state. And trauma specifically, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, yeah. yeah. And there's, and there's, you know, what is happening at the moment, part, part of, there are a lot of things happening at the moment, but one of the things that's happening is that there is a, a what feels and looks like a huge wave of trauma triggering and healing going on, both for the humans on this planet and I would argue for the planet itself actually, if you believe that the planet is a living being. Yeah. Um, and as anyone who's done any of their own trauma work knows, the process of getting trauma triggered and then healing it is kind of messy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's rarely elegant. <laughs> Never, well, usually not very much fun. <laughs> it can be highly disruptive. Um, you know, and and it's quite common for you to for there to be a phase of kind of self-destructive denial. Sounding familiar? <laughs> yeah, well, and it's interesting that you know that because this is definitely, and I think we talked about this before too. That with the, uh, you know, the astro speak is that with the planetary nodes shifting into the signs of Taurus and Scorpio, we have, um, there is a lot. And with the planet Uranus in Taurus and all the eclipses shifting into these signs and then really triggering Uranus more and more, there is a signature there of trauma, right? And an opportunity for healing trauma specifically around taboos you know which is when you and i talked before i was bringing up the subject of money because money is part of it um scorpio rules the genitals and the eliminative system so Mm -hmm. issues around our butts and our genitals which you know there's where all the worst abuse typically is right i mean physically um And those, that's also places where we hold, um, sort of hold some of our survival fear and our survival programming is in those parts of our body. And that's also where we energetically, um, another place where we sort of exchange energy with the earth. And when, yeah, so I don't wanna go on too much about that, but just to say that this is a time and I, I think this last many several years has been a lot of trauma triggering, but certainly this last couple of years. And then now we're in a time where I think we're also really supported to do some healing work around it. Yeah, I agree. Mm. 
Um, and one of the things that I like is that, you know, in the last, let's say, let's say particularly in the last 10 years, maybe 10 to 15, there's been an explosion of new healing modalities and tools. Yes. Yeah. And it, you know, the story that I choose to tell about that is that, you know, is that we are powerfully supported here by all kinds of energies that we can't see mm-hmm. who who actually do have our best interests at heart and who although it may not look like it or feel like it at times are every bit as powerful as the other energies that we live with and experience that do not have our best interests at heart and so there's it seems like there's been a priming the phrase is priming of the pump, right, for the last 15 years. It's like, okay, let's load up some new healing modalities and, and a bunch of new healers as well so that, so that we're ready for when this wave really starts to pick up steam. Yeah, well, I definitely have seen that myself. You know, I lived in Portland before I moved to Montana and it was amazing to me getting exposed to that you know, that culture of so many healers and sort of congregating in one place and learning a whole bunch of new stuff and then going off to places like Montana. Yeah. 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 With astrology, right? I mean, astrology is another, it's a healing art in when it's used as a counseling art Mm -hmm. um, because it helps, right? With that self-knowledge and self-understanding and making meaning of things and, and yeah. And it, and it helps to take stuff less personally. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, you know, before we, I think I could talk for another couple of hours about some of these things. So we didn't even get to some of the things I really wanted to talk about, but, but because we're on this um, thing about persecution and um, trauma I wondered if we could do a little bit of specific work around kind of both poles, right? The, this is, you know, we're meeting right after the full moon. This is an excellent time to release things, release um, some energies that we don't need or conditioning. And of course, uh, you know, one of the reasons we're doing this on the natural wisdom podcast is because if you want to really claim your natural wisdom and understand and own that inner voice and the and which you know and the inner voice is connected to the whole world right this isn't just you it's what we're you know we're a reflection of the whole but we're taught not to listen there and so we have to kind of get rid of some of the fear programming and the conditioning and the the colonization programming all of that so anyway um I thought maybe we could do a little bit of some of that fear matrix release and then maybe a little bit of calling in of the expansion we know is coming. Sure. All right. You want to be the guinea pig again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, especially it, we might as well just talk about the, you know, that um, that persecution fear that comes from even saying the word misinformation publicly on a podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Should we use persecution as the term and just play with that and see where it goes? Okay, so let's do some. Yeah. Let's do a little bit of um, compassion key just to start with. Tell me, just give me one minute about how persecution has shown up for you personally. Okay, and then I'll do that. And then will you say just a word or two about the compassion keys and the NPA, the non-personal awareness kind of as modalities? Yeah, okay. So let me let me do that first so that then we can just flow with it. Um, all right. So the the compassion key is um, is a way to direct 
the frequency of compassion, which is generated by your own heart, um, towards yourself, towards parts or versions or aspects of yourself that are, are or were wounded or traumatized um, or hurt in some way, um, that, that are or were afraid, you know, of, of certain things being true. Um, so it's a way to witness and acknowledge the, the pain and the wounding and that of itself is just powerfully healing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then non-personal awareness is, is a six-line spoken word process that um, reminds us that while we live in a, it is true that we live in a 3D reality and we are the three-dimensional um, humans made of matter it is also true that we are made of atoms and therefore we are made of energy and everything in fact in this 3d reality is made of energy so it is both solid matter and not solid energy at the same time and one of the implications of that is that nothing ever has to be stuck yeah beautiful okay so persecution so and I'm going to pull from, you know, not just my experience, but uh, also clients and others, but mm-hmm. it's, it feels like a real risk to speak out about anything that's not um, in any way that's not fully sort of vetted and um, uh in alignment with what you read in the newspapers and what the um, so-called authorities um, are saying is true because there's this risk of being labeled as, well, I mean, you know, just as an astrologer, crazy or, you know, doing fake news. And in fact, I had a family member when I was talking about, um, you know, different ways of looking at even the pandemic, not, conspiracy ways, but even from a health perspective, being told I was sharing fake news, right? And it, it's, it also, at that point, it also feels like, well, let me say a couple things. It feels risky, like, you know, how do you know you're not going to get your um, financial survival ripped away from you? And also it feels dismissive, right? That you're stupid or crazy or, um, you know, how could you, how could I possibly believe that? And of course, uh, I'm going to say, how could I possibly not believe, but the mainstream seems to be, how could I possibly believe that the planets have any effect on my life? Right. And of course, the more I get into it, the more I think, and I, yeah. So, um, and you know, like I have um, colleagues and friends who are natural health professionals and you know, even as a yoga teacher for many years, that was a little bit out of the mainstream, especially if you brought in sort of the spiritual aspects of yoga. And I had friends that used to talk about things being woo-woo. And I finally said, I'm not gonna call it woo-woo anymore because to me, it's normal. If you don't believe that the world is alive and conscious and that we're part of it all the time, then I, you know, fine, that's fine. But I, I can't imagine not believing that because it's my experience. At any rate, that's yeah. a lot of blabbing, but hopefully you got something out of that to work with. Okay. Yeah, thanks. All right. So just imagine like there's a, imagine that there's a big, like an ice cream cone made of compassion energy sitting up here in your chest and it's melting. (laughs) All right, I'm going to try that visual. (laughs) So it's like a warm heart energy kind of melting down in there, yeah? Uh, So repeat after me. I'm so sorry they dismissed you. I'm so sorry they dismissed you. And anybody at home could repeat these as well. You can't do any harm by repeating them. Interesting to see if they hit something. Especially um, if you with what I said, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
I'm so sorry they didn't like what you said. I'm so sorry they didn't like what you said. I'm so sorry they didn't agree with what you said. I'm so sorry they didn't agree with what you said. I'm so sorry they condemned you for what you said. I'm so sorry they condemned you for what you said. I'm so sorry they persecuted you for what you believed. I'm so sorry they persecuted you for what they what you believed. I'm so sorry they said you weren't normal. I'm so sorry they said you weren't normal. I'm so sorry they said you should feel bad because you weren't normal. I'm so sorry they said you should feel bad because you weren't normal. I'm so sorry they taught you to feel bad because you weren't normal. I'm so sorry they taught you to feel bad because you weren't normal. I'm so sorry you risked everything. I'm so sorry you risked everything. So now we'll just switch tone a little bit and go to just some of those deepest, darkest fears that might come from something like the shadow of the Inquisition. Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry you lost everything. I'm so sorry you lost everything. I'm so sorry you lost everything because of what you believed. I'm so sorry you lost everything because of what you believed. I got chills with that one. I'm so sorry you lost everything because of how you lived. I'm so sorry you lost everything because of how you lived. I'm so sorry you lost everything because of what you said. I'm so sorry you lost everything because of what you said. I'm so sorry you said the wrong thing and it cost you everything. I'm so sorry you said the wrong thing and it cost you everything. I want to add a layer to that. And it's about thinking the wrong thing. Yeah. I'm so sorry you lost everything because you thought the wrong thing. I'm so sorry you lost everything because you thought the wrong thing. I'm so sorry they could tell what you were thinking. I'm so sorry they could tell what you were thinking. I'm so sorry you had to hide what you were thinking. I'm so sorry you had to hide what you were thinking. I'm so sorry you had to hide what was most important to you. I'm so sorry you had to hide what was most important to you. That really does echo, doesn't it? All the times that we've been shut down, persecuted, killed, whatever, for what we believed and what we thought, yeah. And while while the imprint remains in place, we keep projecting it into the world without even realizing that we're doing it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, okay, if we take persecution as the label that points to the body of consciousness that is all of those phrases that we just did, yeah, mm-hmm. Sentence completion, Christine. <laughs> Scariest thing about persecution is? Uh, inability to survive. Yeah. The scariest thing about persecution is inability to survive because that would lead to? Dying or giving up. Maybe giving up is more like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The scariest thing about persecution is the inability to survive because that would lead to giving up. 
And that would mean that I am? Um, I don't know what the word is, but like, I am wrong for being. There's something about being wrong for just even being. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I just want to point out that that's a Chiron and Aries thing. i sorry, I got to bring in the astrology that Chiron's been in Aries for a while. And that's one of the deep wounds that I think right. we're all working with is, you know, should I even exist as me, as an individual? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's do an NPA on wrong for being. This wrong for being. This wrong for being. This energy of wrong for being. This energy of wrong for being. This pure energy of wrong for being. This pure energy of wrong for being. Is not personal. Is not personal. This pure energy of wrong for being. This pure energy of wrong for being. Is not personal. Is not personal. This pure energy of wrong for being. This pure energy of wrong for being. Is not personal. Is not personal. And I am willing to experience it. And I am willing to experience it. So I just, I want to say this because you, you move stuff super fast. Some people like to take a little longer. And with some people, it takes a little longer. So just notice and allow whatever wants to move until there's a natural completion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I felt that shift right away. Yeah. But yeah, okay. if you're doing this at home and I highly recommend it, you know, you could just replay this part of the podcast if this speaks to yeah. you at all. Absolutely. So Christine, in relation to wrong for being, what would you like to allow to come? Uh, let me think about words for that in a moment, for a moment. Um, there's something about like, I guess the words I want to put is like joyful expression of my authentic self for, I'm sure there's a better way to put it, but, but that's, you know, don't we all want that right to really just joyfully express who we really are? Seems to me like joyful expression is is probably the label. Yeah, that captures it. Yeah. Okay. Points to it. All right. This joyful expression. This joyful expression. This energy of joyful expression. This energy of joyful expression. This pure energy of joyful expression. This pure energy of joyful expression. Is not personal. Is not personal. This pure energy of joyful expression. This pure energy of joyful expression. Is not personal. Is not personal. This pure energy of joyful expression. This pure energy of joyful expression. Is not personal. Is not personal. And I am willing to experience it. And I am willing to experience it. Yeah. And that's the full moon in Leo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, there were so many more things I wanted to cover, but it's been, you know, yeah. Because I really wanted to talk about desire, but we'll have to do this again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Thanks. Fun. Yeah. Thank you. It was what a, what a great conversation. So many places we covered. Any other last thoughts before I sort of finish this up? Just. Thank the stars for a bunch of planets going direct. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh my gosh that aquarius new moon has been a real push forward hasn't it yeah oh yeah it's like i can breathe again <laughs> yeah we're coming into a time where it's gonna i mean i think it's already feeling that way but it's going to feel even more like being let out of a cage i think 
Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the last couple of things I want to say um, is that this is just such an important time to stay open and stay open and really stay true to what we feel, you know, what our own knowing tells us, you know, and the only way I know to do that is to really stay connected with these physical sensations in these bodies of ours. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I share my I share my stories about this this reality that we live in because there's a chance they might be interesting to somebody, right? Not because not because I have any desire for anybody else to pick up my stories and use them. Not not because I think you anyone should. (laughs) Everyone should everyone should have their own stories, right? And be really clear about why they work for you right right why and in what ways how right yeah definitely um i mean that's the whole point of you know really claiming your natural wisdom and your sovereignty is to is to trust yourself right know yourself love yourself trust yourself yeah the 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 other one of the other big movements you know through through the collective consciousness right now is around self-responsibility versus the secure the sense of security that can come with being told what to do yeah definitely yeah and i mean there will always have people along the whole spectrum but it, it it's about choice right it's about choosing and trying to do it as consciously as possible yeah yeah um there's something else i was going to say about that but yeah we'll we'll do this again and we'll cover some more of these things and in the meantime um i hope that this is giving people tools to to really stay rooted in themselves oh actually the one other thing i wanted to say because i've thought about it a couple of times during our conversation is you and i both well in fact we met through sarah beak the author and um, sometimes spiritual, I don't know if she'd call herself a spiritual teacher, but, um, one of the things that she said in a, um, a weekend session I was in with her is she talked about this whole sort of, um, like epidemic of not being really, not having our souls really seated in our bodies. And so that takes us away. We get disconnected from the earth and from nature and and even the cosmos in a lot of ways. And and she said something that was so poignant and it has stuck with me throughout that. She said, the earth misses us. The earth does. And so I think if we remember that, that, you know, this is a, in a very real sense, this is a mother, right? This planet of ours is our mother and she misses us when we're not, staying rooted and connected yeah so maybe that's something to leave us all with nice one christine (laughs) all right honey yeah thank you so in the show notes i'll put a link to belinda's website and i'll put a link to mine um and uh, i don't know any other little random things i think about and again thanks for listening and feedback welcome